0: (coughs) welcome
1: back to our podcast within a podcast pottering around the magical eye that started sticking after being worn by mangum reeds We are three muggles who also do not want to set our buttocks on fire. My name is Sarah. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, BJ and Spencer. How are you all doing?
0: In a great mood after a delightful (laughs) chapter, Sarah.
2: I am under my own power, floating a glass of water, and much happier being
1: there. (laughs) Um, So we are on chapter three, right? Three of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, the Advance Guard. Um, And we have some segments that we do here. We have a rapid-fire recap, uh, BJ's wizard wheezes, newbie's notes with Spencer, we award house points, and then there are questions and queries and qualms and quibbles, um, although in this most transitioner, transitionary of chapters, I can't imagine what you would have questions about. Um <laughs>
0: It's eight pages, things happen, and at one point, one of the characters just lists out all the questions that will be answered at <laughs> some later point.
1: Yeah, it's like they were preparing for you all in the first place. <laughs> um, well, are we ready to jump into our segments? Uh, assuming you're ready for the recap,
0: Sarah, your long, your, your beloved recap you've been doing so well on for the last two chapters. Are you going to make a bet this time around? Are you going to be risky? Do you have an idea? I am
1: going to make a bet, and I am going to risk it because this is a chapter in which not much happens. So it is, to my sure and certain knowledge, a short recap. Which are the ones that, in fact, generally trip me up on guessing how long they're going I to like take. I like it. Let's do uh, it. Uh, okay. Well, how, how far under two minutes? Are I'm going actually for? going for a minute thirty.
0: Oh, I wow! It has been a while since we had one. That yeah. One. I
1: thought I'd, I'd I'd come in hot. We have had a little bit of a break in our recording, although our listeners will not know that because these will come out on a schedule, <laughs> nevertheless.
0: Well, you've got to range between 125 and 135 to get it in then, whenever you're ready. Uh-
1: Harry launches a letter writing campaign explaining what happened to Sirius, Ron, and Hermione before settling in for an angsty, anxiety-ridden stew about the unfairness of it all he's even mean to Hedwig. He exiles himself to his room for three days waiting for a response. Finally, the Dursleys tell them they're going out and Harry's left alone in the empty house. Then a crash in the kitchen sends him hurtling down the stairs. Standing in the hall are Moody, the real one, Lupin, and several other unknown witches and wizards, the advance guard. Moody's in charge of the mission, and he is actually exactly like Barty Crouch's portrayal of him. The plan was to lure the Dursleys out to the all-England best-kept suburban lawn competition and squirrel Harry away to an undetectable headquarters. While waiting for the signal, Harry officially meets Moody, Nymphadora Tonks, Kingsley Shacklebolt, Elpheus Dodge, Dedalus Diggle, Emmeline Vance, Sturgis Podmore, and Hestia Jones. Uh, Moody spends the time trying to clean out his magical eye while Tonks marvels at Petunia's cleaning habits. They pack up Harry's things and Tonks reveals herself as a metamorphagus by changing her hair at will. She's also an auror and both of these distinctions are deeply impressive to Harry. They troop out to the garden. Moody pops a disillusionment charm on Harry to keep him blended into his surroundings during the journey and then gives the very dire instructions on what to do if someone is killed. The first signal comes, they mount their brooms and at the second signal they take off. Harry's troubles temporarily melt away in the joy of flying. They dodge muggles in towns and motorways before descending into a strange seedy suburb. Moody deluminates the street lamps as they approach a building block and then hands Harry a sheet of paper telling him to memorize it quickly. In familiar hand, writing is uh the headquarters of the order of the phoenix may be found at number 12 grimald place london
0: 13150 well (laughs) done sir
1: all right i will say that there uh, there are a lot of um both proper there there are a lot of proper nouns in this chapter that will trip you up very quickly um but speaking of proper nouns and other pieces of uh, grammatical errata um bj what are you wheezing about (laughs)
2: Um, I mean, this chapter is a little tough. There isn't, in some ways, not a whole lot to, to wheeze about. In some ways, there's a whole lot, <laughs> but you covered a lot of them. There were some very entertaining names. Um, I also know, and I'm somewhat confused by uh, Tonks being a fan favorite. Um, yes,
1: the fans and love Tonks.
2: Yeah, I can see so that something about the purple hair maybe that people just go wild about and i you know we'll see where this goes um
1: we i think we get a fair referring... amount of tonks going forward um that i think will flesh f- flush this out a little bit
2: gotcha um so if i just referred to as nymphadora for the rest of time i can always piss off harry potter fans is that the uh
1: I, that's a good question. I don't know if the fans themselves have quite the violent reaction that she does to <laughs> being called her Christian name. Um,
2: Daedalus Diggle is, is kind of uh, an interesting uh, sort of group of, of, of names, maybe. <laughs> uh, Daedalus being a fascinating pull from from uh, mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to see if that, that holds any significance.
1: Um and w but yeah. Harry did in fact meet him before. We have met Daedalus Diggle before as well. I, I uh, wanted to ask about that. When exactly? Uh he was in the when uh Hagrid first took Harry to Diagon Alley, mm-hmm. he was in the pub and introduced <sighs> himself very excitedly to um several times, this I think, to Harry over the course of yeah. um their stay there.
0: So like the first book, like, two years ago of recording yep. for us? Uh-huh. Okay. Correct. That was a more pin that, you didn't ne-
1: No, you needed to put a red string on, Spencer. I-, I haven't put it back up on my wall yet. Apparently, I need
2: to. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're on book four, so more than G, years, Spencer. Just, Just for your... We're on uh, book five. When you're having fun. Um, I did not highlight this, unfortunately, but it's Anamorphomagus.
1: Metamorph...
2: Metamorph... Met- Metamorphagus, <laughs> met- metamorp- yeah. Um... Metamorph Magus. So there are some times that that, that these things are very entertaining, and there are some times that these are hilariously lazy. (laughs) Like, that's just what it is. Yeah, welcome
1: to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter.
2: So I I just, I get curious every so often if uh, J.K. Rowling's a fan of German, because some of her spells just seem like I well, this is how they would do it in German, so
1: why not? (laughs) Which one are you thinking about specifically? What? Which one are you thinking about specifically? This one. Oh, the the metamorphagus spell? Yes, exactly.
2: Um, I mean, I think that there are a couple of others that were this way. I can't think of them offhand, but some of the other spells that are just like, it just describes what they do. Yes. Um, And we're going to just make it word. Yeah. Um, I think some of the, like, uh, like, binding hands or feet or something charms or curses maybe Mm -hmm. um i'm trying to well remember their names offhand and they're just not coming it's been a while since those that's fair Mm. um the other thing that i find hilarious is they're like I, i feel like at this point and i just don't know what the timeline is this was already starting to be movies And Mm -hmm. so this broom scene Mm -hmm. was written to be in a movie without any thought about what is reasonable in the world. (laughs) And I'm sort of curious to see what happens, (laughs) like if this is a theme going forward, Mm -hmm. because they're they're on brooms, they can go up as high as they want to a certain extent. And if you go high enough, you're not going to be seen in a village and they're like, oh, we can just go up another quarter of a mile. Let's do that after we whiz around right above people's heads for a while because it makes for a really good movie scene. Yeah.
1: To be fair, she managed to do that with the um, in the second book before the movie started coming out with the um, Flying Ford Anglia as well. So right. I, I don't know. It's a little chicken and egg, I think.
2: But I feel like with the Flying Ford Anglia, the kids might not have been as comfortable like and
1: that's for yeah. the
2: foresight and forethought where like we're essentially getting like Seal Team Six of the the Wizarding World or I'm just gonna guess that that's what Order of the Phoenix kind of is. And seems like it. They're a, a, about as in, a, as competent as uh, um, the Get Smart group. Uh, so <laughs> when wizards
1: start operating anywhere near the Muggle world, things get difficult um
2: i just you know keep expecting a cone of silence to come down <laughs> so they can have their private conversations um but yeah i mean an entertaining chapter and also the the interaction of tonks uh at i think it's or no it was somebody else uh, admiring how clean everything was and- oh no it was
1: tonks <laughs> But that was tough. Okay. She,
0: she wasn't admiring. She seemed. She seemed like she didn't enjoy it. She went back to the mess of Maybe Mary's room. And was like, by it. This yeah, is she the was place.
1: mildly unnerved by it. I
0: think. Yeah, uh, I felt. I felt very at home with those comments. <laughs> like, no, no. Certain number of socks need to be scattered at all times. I'm not comfortable. <laughs> I'm well aware. <laughs> well, shall, shall I go on to a newbie's notes? Uh, yeah, let's. See I it. just
1: want to highlight uh, one more wheeze that is okay. actually. It is present in this chapter, and I'm just very excited about it. It becomes more prominent in the next chapter. But the name of the place that they have arrived at is Grim Old Place. If we think back to our conversations about Diagon Alley and Nocturne Alley, we are now Um, at Grim Old Place. Yes. And we get to explore it in the next chapter. And let me say, it fits.
0: (laughs) Looking forward to that, definitely. <laughs> well, our chapter basically opens with Harry just summarizing every question that I had following the last <laughs> chapter of where, what was that? How did they find me? Why are they here? What is happening? Why is no one calling me? It's like, yes, Harry, those are all the questions. Thank you for listing them out very neatly. I'm reminded now. But I appreciate, every now and then, I appreciate a, when a character is just self aware of where none of this makes sense and I'm flying by the seat of my pants. And Harry is conjuring that right now. I mean but like that's that's Harry's MO. Yeah, it, but it's good for him to be self-aware of it every now and then. <laughs> sure. Fair enough. Uh in ter- in terms of funny visuals um Harry's owl with a frog in its mouth just diligently pecking at people to make sure they've got a sufficient number of words in the letter that they now have to send back to Harry (laughs) just tickles me. It's like, it's just watching the word count level at the bottom of the screen. It's like, nope, minimum of 600. I shall poke you while I eat this frog.
1: Little did you know that there was a um, Harry Potter Mandalorian crossover between Hedwig and Baby Yoda eating frogs. (laughs) (laughs) This is the buddy cup crossover we never knew we needed
0: yeah i never realized that i now desperately want to see baby baby yoda riding Hedwig. Fun <laughs> moment or fighting over a frog
1: more likely that
0: too <laughs> i mean we we're pretty sure that that
2: he's got a force choke in him and i see that this would be like <laughs> the perfect perfect application of it that that jk rowling would probably be okay with given how for things top. go in
0: these these books for for Hedwig and other non-human creatures wonder if it's hard to force choke an owl with a whole spinning head thing yeah, <laughs> um it's weird to think that harry has never really interacted with moody the, the real moody mm-hmm. the, is, is this like the literal I, they briefly we, met they had yes. like
1: a couple of words or we got a couple of words from moody i think directed at dumbledore not even directed at harry at the end of the last book
0: yeah, yeah. We, like we saw, we saw he saw Moody at the bottom of that trunk pit mm-hmm. that he was in, and then they briefly interacted for another half second later when he confirmed he was like still alive. But that's kind of it, which is just fascinating given how much of a major character Moody was in the last mm-hmm. book. And Sarah, as you noted, this chapter just proves that Barty Crouch—it's Bar, Barty Crouch. Yeah, Barty Bart-
1: Crouch Junior.
0: Is the single greatest actor of his generation. Just like
1: it's perfect, Barty Crouch Junior the Daniel Day-Lewis of The Wizarding World. Yeah,
2: I was going to say like the amount of method acting mm-hmm. that clearly went into this because he essentially he played a good guy well enough that he did a lot of good things playing the good guy like Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> yep. Did,
0: did he did he lose track of himself at a certain point in that role because he was playing Moody better than Moody's playing Moody in this chapter?
1: Yeah, he he might have gone a little bit down the rabbit hole.
2: I mean, Moody uh, doesn't seem to actually be constantly vigilant, so who knows? <laughs> that...
1: Moody might still be convalescing from his year-long journey in a <laughs> trunk pit. He,
0: he, he is living the constant vigilance to the point that his, you know, he's needing sufficiently grease his eyes so that he can have constant vigilance. He doesn't feel the need to express it right now. <laughs> uh, in terms of other character returns, I did not fully expect how happy I would be to have Lupin back. It just... Uh, warms the heart to have that just shabby, shabby, nice wizard of a man back in back in our story. Unfortunately,
1: looking shabbier by the minute, it seems.
0: Yeah, this guy needs Mac to support network. Leaving him alone in the world, removed from the university, has apparently had an even more disastrous level of effect on his health and overall, you know, kemptness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and surrounding him are a collection of just. Well, I'm guessing this is the Order of the Phoenix. We've met. We've, we've met the, the namesake of the book. And they just come across as like a collection of awesome, cool names. They're <laughs> Aurors. We first meet a hot, fun, hot, fun, hot, clumsy punk witch uh, who is named Nymphadora Tonks, which is a hell of a mm-hmm. name. She's a metamorphosis, as you said. She knows the Muggle world better than almost any other wizard we've yet met in the series to the point that she can actually successfully manipulate the Dursleys. Through something that was, you know, like, legitimate That would get the Dursleys out of the house I,
1: but Pause for a second Is that the most Dursley-ish thing we've ever heard of? The best-kept suburban best... lawn something-something?
0: Pretty much It's perfect I mean, it's again a testament to Tonks That that's almost just parody level of perfect for the Dursleys But also something that they definitely don't succeed at They had aspirations, clearly
2: Yes Like, th- this is something that, like it's only in their heads that they would be good at this. Like, their lawn is probably a completely blank lawn that's not
0: mowed particularly well because Harry doesn't care. <laughs> it, it, there's also a lot of, like, just Harry-shaped holes in their hedges <laughs> where Harry just keeps hiding and falling into them, too, so that can't help things That's either. true,
1: and when your windowsills are as banged up by Harry's head as theirs apparently are.
0: Yes. I think you call that topiary, though.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It's
0: also just really funny for me how these characters are introduced, of where I almost just feel like a giant spotlight is just shifting around the room to focus on each ne- each awesome person. Like, you know, it says, I'm now beating Kingsley Shacklebolt, and it just, the camera turns and he's just there posing mm-hmm. for his moment. Is that Tonks' music I hear? <laughs> it is very much that, Yes. Uh, but Sarah, you listed all the names. They're great. I'd be very curious to meet all, meet more of these people. And it feels like that there's some actual intention to characterize at least a few of them going forward. So I will like that. Yeah, not
1: all of them because it is a lot, but, um, we do get to get some sort of deeper relationships with a, with a couple of them.
0: We, we've talked before about the explicit relationship or similarities between a wand and a gun and having them all talk about don't put a loaded <laughs> wand in the back of your pants what are you thinking you'll blow your ass off it is very much leaving me to ponder are there wand holsters in the wizarding world are there like you know some kind of safe pouch on your hip that you can keep them in to avoid that particular issue
2: are there many wands that you can you know hide up the sleeve of your robe and like you know pop out at, at an opportune moment <laughs> like a <laughs> little ladies derringer <laughs> Exactly.
0: Uh, very much. Well,
1: actually, yes, because um, Lu- Lucius Malfoy keeps his wand in his walking stick and can pull it out at any... The handle of his wand is the handle of his walking stick.
0: Oh, so a, a sword cane. Mm-hmm. Correct. That's nice. Uh, Tonks is appropriately messy. I very much, imp- very much appreciate that and her utter discomfort at the cleanliness of the Muggle world. As much as she knows about the muggle, she assumed that her dad, I guess, was a perfect guide to their level of just tolerance of mess. <laughs> yeah. is not, rap- not proving accurate. Well, to be
1: fair, she is uh, in an abnormal situation in Petunia's kitchen, even within the fair. muggle world.
0: When, when Harry's not, you know, levitating various bits of food to then collapse on ants or the floor. Or, actually, that was Dobby. shouldn't blame Harry for that. <laughs> Perfectly clean. Uh, BJ, as you noted, the spells here in this chapter, I don't know if Tonks is using shorthand or if these are just very functional spells that she's using of where like when she wants to pack the room she literally just yells pack and the room packs
1: there was actually recently a uh, discussion on the harry potter subreddit about this particular spell and trying to figure out if there were any other spells in world that were just the english word of what they are mm-hmm. um, i think there are a couple I don't read, now I don't, I wish I'd gone back and looked at the discussion, but they are few and far between, and I don't, I don't frequently give you credit for the things you say on this podcast, BJ, but it does, this one does feel lazy.
0: I mean, she uses three ones that we've never heard before in just, like, a two-paragraph segment. The first is Pack, which caught me mm-hmm. off guard. Second one, when he, when he she uh, cleans Hedwig Cage is Scorchify, mm-hmm. which, this. At least a little bit more effort attached to that one. And then Locomotor Trunk. Was that a spell? That was a spell that she was casting yeah, on the, right? the Yeah, I think that the Locomotor
1: part is actually the spell. And then the object of the like spell. Like when his- Harry learned Accio in the last book, and he would say things like Accio Broom. Got works it. the same way.
2: Okay. Yeah. And I mean, they, so she does use uh, italics, at least in the Kindle version, for magical things and spells mm-hmm. and so I you know I think that tracks um I have a theory uh which won't go anywhere so it <laughs> you know it doesn't really matter um which is that with like and we've talked about this before that spells are a you know saying the words with them like don't matter it's sort of right. the intention that you mm-hmm. put behind them and so I would guess that in, like, the next 20, 30, 50 years or whatever, all spells taught at Hogwarts will be in English, or, like, it'll be that transition. <laughs> kind, of, kind of like how how all science publications were in German until all silence publications were
0: in English. Sure. And... Is, is the Catholic Church now no longer going to be proselytizing in Latin kind of thing? Yeah. Local languages... Uh, do we, have we also ever seen the disillusionment charm before? Or is that, one, that no? a new this one. It's on new too. One. That's new too. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of new spells in this chapter, yeah. and uh, it's also an interesting choice because
2: that's another essentially English yeah. word. But it, this see this feels like the right place for like something to do with chameleon or or something like that. And again, mm-hmm. this sort of seems like a this chapter was was a, a hurried one. <laughs> Um, to get from point A to point B, kind of thing, rather than. A. And I don't know, not as much uh, effort was put into the magic here.
1: It also has a okay. little bit, though, I think there is a reading of it where, you know, we have seen so much magic up to this point only within the context of Hogwarts, which is yeah. like in an academic setting and you're sort of learning the specifics of the rules and kind of by the book and things like that. And Every time we get magic outside of Hogwarts, there's a little bit more of the kind of expediency of necessity to the magic being used. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like we I feel like we got that at the borough, too, with, um, you know, with Mrs. Weasley doing her thing and things like that, that maybe mm-hmm. there's a difference between academic magic and how you actually use magic out in the world. I mean, so- is this a
2: those who can't teach except Dumbledore?
1: Possibly. <laughs>
0: it could be the kind of thing of where harry's essentially learned to do magic by holding his hands at 10 and Mm 2 and now he's learning to drive by his own terms by seeing other people in the real world do it
1: with his knees and a cup of coffee in his hands
0: yes that is what this chapter is okay
2: i I imagine it's a little bit more fast and the furious like stare at other people and go full force full bore forward (laughs) rather
1: than less suburban there's no reason for
2: him to be doing the insane things that he's doing but it's harry so he does fair enough
0: yeah i mean, I mean there's some moments that very much feel like that where we before they take off moody basically just goes through the list of okay if half of us die the other half do this if all of us die harry you do mm-hmm. this it's very much a soldier preparing for war scenario that even the other guys that are there are looking at him like dude can you not talk about that right now please nobody's
1: gonna die
0: <laughs> like we're we're gonna be fine right right but it does remind us that, from a certain standpoint, they are at war now. Yeah. They are back on a war footing in a way that the older generation is actively familiar at, and the younger generation is kind of trying to play catch mm-hmm. up with. Uh, in terms of returning magical artifacts, I did not expect the put-outer would be back. Yeah, the deluminator, the... yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was referred to as a deluminator or a put-outer at various moments. It is... is the deluminator the official term? I think term? so, yes. Okay. Okay. I was also not expecting that to apparently be a unique magical artifact either. uh, It's not like you can buy these in the corner store. He had to borrow it from Dumbledore for the sake of this mission. Put it in the category of the
1: Marauder's Map.
0: Yeah. Apparently. This does really feel like a
2: Weasley Wizard's Wheeze thing that got confiscated. (laughs) uh, Maybe like a previous generation that Dumbledore is like, No, this is useful. And also hilarious, I'm going to keep
1: this. I 100% think that Dumbledore just goes and rummages around in Argus Filch's drawers of confiscated things (laughs) and helps himself to what he wants.
0: The good stuff. Well, in terms of the good stuff, Sarah,
1: who won and who lost this chapter? This is a little bit of a weird one for winning and losing here. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there is a a reasonable case for to be made for Harry winning this chapter because he is out of the Dursleys he is among witches and wizards again it seems like he is being taken to the headquarters of the Order of the Phoenix which is in fact what he was bitching about not being able to do earlier Mm -hmm. um I don't know. We get so... A- after the first part of the chapter... My hesitancy on this, honestly, is because after the first part of the chapter, we get so little of his internal emotional state, it's difficult to yeah. know kind of where he lands at the end of it. Um, although he did have that hmm. moment of, like, real joy when he was flying, um, yeah. which yeah. I th- I think is an indicator of kind of where he is. we am going to have to put
2: forward Tonks. Okay. Um, because... She successfully manipulates the Dursleys in a way that uh,
0: perfect.
1: Also Jin true is
2: yes. pretty perfect. Also impresses probably the most famous wizard in all of wizarding world with her hair change. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Um, I mean, for an entrance, this is. I mean, goofy, <laughs> but like a be- one of the better.
0: Like
1: in world entrances that we've had, that's true. I buy, I buy that. Okay, I buy that. Spencer, do you have anyone you'd like to put forward as winner?
0: I think those kind of have to be the nominees, really. I, mean, we're, I think, I think from an emotional state, Harry definitely had the biggest improvement. Mm-hmm. It's more just we just kind of all suddenly now realize that Tonks is in the world and she is awesome, and maybe we won. Like a, <laughs> yes. we, we won. Like yes, we won. With the the Tonks of is now talks. part of the story. <laughs>
1: Well, if we are going to declare Tonks the winner, which I am perfectly happy to do, then I would actually then like to take as loser, um, although this happens off screen and we have had different rules (laughs) about whether this counts Mm -hmm. or not, um, but the Dursleys seem to have fallen from very high highs to the non-existence of the competition they thought they were in the running for. They're not even going to get like the buffet dinner attached to it. Um, mm-hmm. so I think that the Dursleys are going to come home extremely irritated, and then Harry's gone, which, while they don't want Harry in the house, you know, it's Harry also not like a,
0: is oh. better than Harry loose. Correct. Well, and, I mean, all these points are perfect. I very much agree that Dursleys the losers. I'll even add on to that that Lupin left them a note, which is probably going to piss them off even more.
1: Absolutely. A werewolf left them a note? Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, actually- um would Petunia would Petunia know Lupin? Or at least have a vague idea of him given Lupin hanged around with people that Petunia apparently knew? She
1: might have she might have heard of him at some point, you know, through Lily. Because Lily would have been friends with Lupin as well, given how close a friend he was with James. So yeah, she might know the name. She might recognize the name. And we have it been learning have. all kinds of things. Well, mm. we haven't been learning much, but we have been given a lot of indications that Petunia knows a lot Lots more about this whole world than one would have suspected.
0: Yes. You, you also remind me of a surprisingly powerful little moment in the chapter was when all the all the members of the Order of the Phoenix, I'm assuming this is a significant portion of them, are all staring at Harry and they're commenting on Lily and James and how much Harry looks mm-hmm. like them and mm-hmm. what aspects of them do. That, that was a surprising. That, that was a, a a powerful and effective moment of seeing the history that is still resonating with these people about them and how Harry connects
1: mm-hmm. into that. Yeah, it's still very much present. I think that's
2: present. something to add to your wall um, but... of of uh, red yarn strings uh, okay, because that's... I think it will will help uh, clarify certain certain things up there.
0: Okay, I. Don't know exactly what I'm putting yarn up on the wall for, but I will put it up.
2: <laughs> the, the knowledge that Harry looks a lot like his father, but there are, are distinct aspects of his mother in him as well.
1: Yeah, we've okay. gotten a few mentions of um, Harry having Lily's eyes before, but not mm-hmm. in like such a concentrated conversation yeah. of multiple people standing around and literally just having speculations on how he has embodied both of his parents. Yeah. So,
2: um, questions? I, I want to add in a, uh, a segment that we've sort of had in the past, okay. but that hasn't really had a name, uh, which is um, a, a Hedwig watch. Um, <laughs> ah. Harry Potter yeah. <laughs> has a good chapter when Hedwig is around, and we continue this. Uh, even though Hedwig isn't around when the good things happen, we have a chapter that has Hedwig in it, Um, maybe Harry is slightly mistreating Hedwig, but Harry then has a good chapter.
0: Correct. And and notably, his worst moment is after he mistreats Hedwig and sends Hedwig away, when Hedwig's not present, Harry has a bad series of days.
1: And he does, while he should not mistreat Hedwig, he does feel immediately guilty about it. So that's something, I suppose. Improvement. Yes. He's improving.
0: Um, Questions?
1: Do, did we see the
2: cat door installed previously or is this a new description of how they deliver dinner to harry
1: no we did see it installed we did see it previously because um petunia kept pushing cold soup through it in the second book gotcha
2: this is very reminiscent of a lot of like prison uh Mm. depictions which kind of fits yeah
1: it is interesting that in this case they are still using the cat flap but harry is not actually imprisoned in there he has just decided He doesn't need to socialize with anyone, which is interesting. His self-imposed exile is interesting.
2: It's also interesting that they're feeding him. And clearly this is almost definitely as a direct result of the howler. Yes. uh, Because my memory is that he subsided on cake uh, for quite a while when he wasn't
0: being fed particularly regularly. True. Uh Am I correct that we've only met one phoenix in the story, and that there's almost implication that that one phoenix has been every reference we've had previously to phoenixes in the story?
1: Y- yes, you would be correct in those things.
0: Like that it's Fox, mm-hmm. and then Fox can trip and Fox's tail feathers, the only other mention that we had of phoenixes, are in both of the key wands that we have driving in the story yes. as well. Yes. So if so- you
2: really wanted to, it's really oof rather than oops. <laughs> the Order of Fox. Oh god. Okay.
0: <laughs> that was my question, essentially. Is that Order of the Phoenix is this is Fox the mascot, essentially?
1: Yeah, I I guess. It's actually not ever really explicitly discussed. Um but as you might imagine, Dumbledore is certainly a part of this whole thing. Therefore Fox is around
0: i'm just like expecting in the movie that it's just as we're panning through the like the room of their headquarters there's just a a a framed picture on the back of the wall (laughs) that nobody acknowledges that just has fox looking proudly with our founder underneath it or something so
2: um what's the uh, is the dropout rate in order the phoenix pretty high
0: you know due to burnout Uh, uh,
1: spencer do you have other questions (laughs)
0: I had them, and now I don't want to say them. I'm sad now <laughs> um, so we we've talked a lot
2: in the past, and I just sort of want to bring it up again as sort of a question, but mostly just something that's interesting um the the power that Voldemort's name has, mm-hmm. and yeah. I guess so I guess my thinking is evolving a little bit in terms of like what the power of the actual name has because. We have Dumbledore basically saying, "No, go ahead and say it because, like, if you don't put weight on the name, it doesn't have the, the same power. Pa- it doesn't have the power that everybody else puts on it." Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, I guess my my thinking now is that Voldemort is might back.
0: zero. What it feels real in a way it didn't before, where previously it was just cultural.
2: Yeah, but it also kind of feels like Voldemort is, doesn't zero in on Harry saying it. He zeroes in on everybody else like freaking out about <laughs> it. And mm. so like if Harry says it alone, he can say it all he wants and it's kind of meaningless, but other people that, that put this weight on his name are really what draws it in. And so it's like kind of like the, the dark mark and everything else where it's, it's like what you're doing when it happens and stuff like that that really matters because we have... Um, Snape with the dark mark as kind of a, a beacon of Voldemort's back that he doesn't react to it in the
0: same way, presumably, that everybody else does. Mm-hmm. Mm. But it, it was interesting during that moment of where the see Moody react to it. Of where Moody's been previously pretty unflappable about it, but the fact that he immediately stifles Use the Name, and I like think he's the first one that even does mm-hmm. it, really kind of suggests that, I mean, it's always had hallmarks of, you know, speak of the devil and he is there. And it's really, um, it feels more active and real rather than just let's not assign that name power. It's just like, no, no, this is now a malevolent force in the world and he is actually watching. Yeah,
1: and so this is um, a moment that happens in the kitchen when Harry, they're kind of waiting, I think, for the signals. And Harry says mm-hmm. something, so Harry says Voldemort's name um, or starts to say it anyway. Yeah, he's about to. And, yeah. and Moody freaks out and everyone freaks out a, a little bit, I guess. Um but it is it is an interesting moment. And then correct me if I'm wrong, but Moody essentially sa- or somebody says something like, "We'll talk about this later. Yeah. We're not doing in it a protected here, place yeah, or whatever." Yeah. Um, and so this
2: sort of and I guess sort of the delineation that I imagine Dumbledore has that pretty much no one else has is maybe Dumbledore is never like doesn't worry about things in the way that other people do. But it's sort of the he never believed or was had the fear that, that Voldemort was going to take over in a way that other people did. And Moody would probably be one that was, f- like, fighting in the trenches. Mm-hmm. And so the terror of it was real in a way that I imagine Dumbledore is just like, yeah, but I could always, like, pull something out of a hat and it'll be fine kind of thing. Uh, maybe literally, like, Godric's sword. Um, but every everybody else other than probably Harry and Dumbledore have a real sense of what this is like. Whereas they are just kind of skating above it all because they're sort of the most powerful people in the world.
0: They have, they have the luxury of
2: indifference.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't, that's a, that's an interesting read and I'll be one of the like really fascinating things about this, these later books, this one to some extent, but especially the next book is that we Get to spend so much more time with Dumbledore, and mm-hmm. like really evolve theories on what his relationship to Voldemort is and how it came out. Like it's it's just interesting. Like we we are still, I think, at a point where Dumbledore is kind of this cipher figure who comes in and explains things at the end. Although at the be- at the end of the last book, we did have a, a discussion that I think was was really right about kind of the first time that Dumbledore has been rattled and we've seen him as almost like human Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to just like headmaster Dumbledore who can fix everything. Um,
0: Right, God in the machine. Yeah.
1: So I, we're, we're kind of starting down that slope of figuring out like, okay, but what is, what is Dumbledore's actual deal? Yeah. (laughs)
2: Um,
1: Which I, I think, I think you'll both find really, really interesting. I find it fascinating because Dumbledore is a, is a weird cat.
0: Oh, yeah. I've always liked Dumbledore, but he became his most interesting once there was a level of com- there was a level of humanity put into him as mm-hmm. well. And so, if we're getting to see more of that, I'm in. I'm excited about it. Yeah.
1: Um. Other questions?
0: No, none at this time. No.
1: Okay. So, next time we are going to move on to chapter four. Spencer, are you excited uh, to look at the picture? The picture is interesting. <laughs> chapter four oh, is number twelve. Grimold. Grim. <laughs> grim old place. Grim old place. Uh, now I can't, I've now I've gotten in my own head about it with grim old place. Grim old place. And what's our picture?
0: Uh, there are a collection of heads mounted on walls like trophies and I'm I'm thinking either they are goblins or half el- or uh, house elves. They
2: look a lot like house elves. A they lot look, more like I, house elves than one might expect. Uh, they also are lined up on a wall a lot like hunting trophies. Oh. Uh, very much so. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll uh, be cheery. <laughs> I, I also imagine we, that they could just be alive and been told to stick their
0: heads there. <laughs> and that's just like this is not the worst theory you've help. ever had. <laughs> I mean, if those are house elves, that's fucked up. Unless Bj's scenario is true, in which case that's hilarious. If they're goblins, that's still messed up. But at least we know there have been a series of goblin revolts in history to provide some degree of explanation. I guess so. Oh.
1: so anyway that's
0: maybe it's basically vending machines i don't want to ponder that let's sarah please exit let's stop
1: now well this got weird
0: <laughs> <laughs> but y'all this was a great this was a great chapter it was a lot of fun talking about it with you and i am definitely looking forward to the next one as terrifying as the image now com- it, it is
1: it's been fun
0: <laughs> till next time y'all